Everyone make sure your technology is ready to go. I don't know where mine is. All right. That's nothing new there. Okay. I good. Won't, I won't give the raspberry this week. No. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. I'm Grandpa. Sam. I'm the other Carrie. I'm Grandpa. And welcome to the 1976 Academy Awards. We've made it this far. Uh, this is If I Ran the Oscars, where we look at one movie from each year the Academy Awards were on TV. This is a banner year for the TV-ness of the Academy Awards, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, we look at one film, and we also give ourselves a couple other random categories to look at the whole filmmaking process. And this is all random. This is all chosen at random. which And unscripted. Unfortunately means we've dodged some more movies this year. Uh, <laughs> the TV-ness is important because this was the year ABC took over broadcasting the Academy Awards. They were on NBC up until this point. NBC uh, covered the uh, NCAA championship game, at, which was on at the same time. Okay. And the Best Film Editing Award was jokingly announced as Indiana, 86 to 68. <laughs> and the next year, the same, the same thing happened with the championship game being on at the same okay. time. But apparently that didn't happen so much anymore. Quick Academy Award facts. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which we did not watch. Because it didn't come up in our random... Did not come up randomly. Was the second of three films to clean sweep Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Director, and Screenplay. And the other one was... Before this, it was It Happened One Night in 1934. Oh, which we didn't watch. No, because that's before it was on TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. And The Silence of the Lambs in 1991. Ooh. That's a good one. That'll might, be interesting. Oh. We might get We might that. roll that one. Mm -hmm. uh, other interesting facts. Jaws uh, would, would later be followed by Traffic as a film to win all of its nominations except Best Picture. And Armacord, A-M-A-R-C-O-R-D, nominated for Best Director, is the last film to be nominated for awards in two separate years. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. It was uh, it won for best foreign language film the year before. When was that? That was this year. Oh, this year. Oh. That was the year we're discussing. How, how did it win in two separate years? It didn't win. It was nom. It was nominated in two separate years. How does that work? I'm not entirely sure. Okay, it doesn't explain. Yeah. It, it also doesn't happen anymore. So yeah. they've solved that problem. However, we're not talking about any of those. We have again <laughs> rolled a low chance number, which I went back and I rolled the numbers again. To make sure that this was really true, and I, in fact, rolled this movie a second time yeah. before it came up with some other ones. But we watched the Sunshine Boys. Now, and we we rolled this because there was it won one Academy won Award. One Academy Award. It was nominated for three others, mm -hmm. so it wasn't just a one hit wonder necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I certainly had never heard of this movie. I had never heard of it. I saw it live, believe it or not, at the Playhouse in about nineteen seventy five. Yep, it was a play started in 1972 mm -hmm. by Neil Simon, Neil Simon play. who has done some plays. This is a local production. Mm -hmm. Neil Simon, uh, more than 30 plays, nearly the same number of movie screenplays, more combined Oscars and Tony nominations than any other writer. Right. So, you know, some stuff. Because he did the screenplay for this as well. Yes, and this film concerns two old vaudeville stars that are well they're both at odds with each other 
and they almost are living the gimmick. Oh, definitely living the gimmick. They, they are purportedly reunited for a, a one-time comeback television special. Yeah. Let me start going through some people who were not involved with this, but were but almost were. Woody Allen was originally asked to direct, but was more interested in playing the role of Al Lewis. 20 years later, he was cast as Lewis in the TV version. Huh. Initially, the proposed leads were Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, but Simon felt that the roles required Jewish comedians. Simon was right. Hmm. Several actors, including Groucho Marx and Phil Silvers, were considered, and the roles eventually were given to Red Skelton and Jack Benny. Huh. Huh. Now, those of you who have heard of old comedian men have heard of Red Red Skelton Skelton and and Jack Jack Benny. Benny. They are very good old comedian men. Skelton, according to this, declined after he realized his income of stand-up comedy was higher than that of film, which is not surprising. Yeah. And then he was replaced by Matthau, who we will talk about in a bit. Benny was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and died in 74. Right. However, he recommended Burns, who had not been in a traditional film role since 1939. Right. And this revived his career. Oh, this mm-hmm. totally did. Because then he did, oh God. Yep. So. And it's sequels. So, right, right. Those of you who live in our neck of the woods know about a film called Grumpy Old Men. Because, yeah, we're from up north, don't you know? We it's local. North. It was written by a film student at Winona State. And it was <laughs> filmed in Wabasha, Minnesota. Yep. And <laughs> Yep, and that would be... Mr. Walter Matthau, that's not his biggest film. I think his biggest film is probably The Old Couple. The Odd Odd Couple, couple. sorry. Mm -hmm. But he plays a good old grumpy person, despite being in his 50s in this movie. Correct. Yeah. Also, this is what I know him from. Is he Wilson? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's Dennis Wilson. Oh. All right. Uh, Yeah. He's got uh, a BAFTAs, Golden Globes, and Tonys. I... on Broadway, he was he was the uh, originator of the Odd Couple role on Broadway as well as, so that's interesting. I believe he was also uh, a presenter at the Academy Awards this year. Oh, that's weird. The year we're discussing, not this actual year because yeah. he is unfortunate. He's passed. passed. He passed in 2000 at age 79. The real person we're talking about is George Burns because he was the best supporting actor. He was born in 1896. He died at age 100. He actually passed 100. Oh. Yeah. So, the discussion of him is mostly his radio, and then I believe he also had TV uh, things going for him with the George Burns and Gracie Allen show. So remember that, kids, if you're playing the old school Trivial Pursuit, that'll, win you, that'll give yeah. you a pie. Also on that <laughs> show, supporting cast, uh, some people you may have heard of, like Mel Blanc, Okay, where was Mel Blanc in this? He's not in the TV show. This is in his old ra- their oh, old radio program. I thought he was in the show. No. I thought, wait a minute. He was, he was the melancholy, happy postman. B. Benaderet, later cousin Pearl in the Beverly Hillbillies, and the voice of Betty Rubble in the Flintstones. Oh, really? And Hal March, later famous as the host of the $64,000 question. Sure. So, and that was, you know, with the 30s. In mm-hmm. the 40s, they... We're doing the show again. 
He was doing the T- the George Burns and, and Gracie Allen show for a long time, but he just kind of stopped doing acting after his wife died. Oh, because sure, because they know, were a team. They were they were a really good team, and that's kind of what happened. And this movie really well, and he was not young. He was not young. He's almost eighty in this movie, whereas Matthau is playing 50s. up his age. He's actually old. But it was this one, and then in '77 was Oh God, where he was I remember playing seeing that at God. A he he played God opposite John Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> At a celebrity roast in his honor, Dean Martin adapted a Burns crack. When George was growing up, the top ten were the Ten Commandments. <laughs> uh, Burns appeared in this character along with Vanessa Williams on the 84 cover of Penthouse. Oh dear. Uh, his last film appearance was 1994 as a cameo of a stand-up comedian. He died in 96. <laughs> He was offered, and I had to, and I saw this one is interesting. Where is it? When he was 96, he signed a lifetime contract with Caesar's Palace for stand-up <laughs> and included a guarantee of a show on his 100th birthday. But he unfortunately was not well enough. Oh. And he died 49 days into his 100th birthday year. That's Having seen exactly one thing that this guy is in, I feel like I have missed out by only seeing one thing he's in. Oh, he was. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why the the, you know Burns and Allen it continues to be remembered. Yeah, so it was good. A thing found also when scrolling, and this is going to be another small aside. He has three stars on the Hollywood Walk, and I thought that's a lot. Internet, find me more information. Mm -hmm. How many stars can you have? Okay, the answer is five. There are five different categories. Of thing that gets you stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I thought you could only have one. Nope. I knew you could have more than one because the, there are five different walks as there okay. as there were: okay. film, TV, radio, live, and music. Oh, yeah. oh okay. those are the five categories. One person has all five. No, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's think of it. Oh, Sam's thinking hard. Oh. Elvis. No. No. John Philip Sousa. No. He's not in TV enough TV. No, not enough TV. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. No. There's also two people that have four, so if you can get one of those. Oh, golly. I know this. I, I've I've heard of one of them because I remember when they got their fourth one. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember who it was. It's not Dolly. There's, in fact, only she two women one. have three, and oh. Dolly Parton is not one of them. Ooh, leave yourself wide open on that one. It's yes. Dinah Shore... And Gale Storm have three. The people with four. Bob Hope and Tony Martin. Marlin is very small. Martin. Martin. The five, Gene Autry. Oh. Wow. (laughs) But there are 33 people that have three. And Burns is one of them. Technically, the Apollo landing has four because it's on the four corners. (laughs) (laughs) The Apollo landing. Yeah. In in sixty nine has four stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame because it's on all the corners, but that's not actually that doesn't really count. That's not a person, so it doesn't yeah. count. I didn't like the music either. Yeah, <laughs> no, I probably didn't win the music. <laughs> I but in any case, there's the supporting cast in this film is not big names. 
necessarily. Richard Benjamin is a familiar actor. Yep, he also ended up being a director Mm -hmm. uh, for fairly good things, including City Heat, The Money Pit, and Made in America. Money Pit is a good movie. Yeah. That's funny. This was a funny film. This was a funny film. This is worth renting on Amazon, people. We, in fact, this is the only one that we did not find in the library. Mom looked up literally every other movie that won an Academy Award. And for this was, year. For this yeah. year. And there was considerable chuckling. Yes. This was this made us laugh out loud. Yeah. This was a good good movie. I fun, can, fun. I can see why they consider Groucho Marx for this movie. <laughs> right, but I think he, that would have been too much shtick. A, that would have been a bit much shtick. There was lots of shtick. Don't there get was. us wrong. There, there was plenty of vaudevillian at least, hijinks. At least two points in this movie, and possibly more that I may have missed, where... Matthau and Burns silently just do funny things on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, like, obvious funny. It's just they're very quietly being ridiculous. It's old yeah. school. Yeah. With no music. No, no, no music. dialogue. You know, moving stuff, or they're moving things five times and, like, working over each other or just making messes on each other. And it's the kind of, it's not, like, fart humor in the... It's not dumb no, it's not fart diaper humor, humor, but it's like it's dumb humor, and it's funny because it's dumb and it's funny <laughs> because it's classic. Yeah, and this is by no means going to win them best picture because right. they're going to wa- look at this and go, "Oh, We've how seen that pedestrian!" Before. Like, yay, George Burns is back. We recognize the things we remember, but this is not going to break box office. And but it, it was, was very entertaining. Yeah, and it was kind of a mediocre like commercial success at the time because mm-hmm. of course it was right but how much do we talk about there's not much to talk I know. about go rent this film go rent this film this is gonna be a very short episode of the podcast because it's just funny and you it watch was, it it was good enjoyment yeah there's well i'm glad to hear that because here again this is my age i guess speaking but i found it got a little bit long. vaudeville <laughs> does kind of outlive its welcome for two hours it was 111 minutes. It wasn't quite two hours. My apologies. <laughs> but I will agree that this style of humor does not translate well to an entire movie. As far as, all right, we get it. They did do good stuff with the door lock joke. Well, I think they did do a good job with adding personal interest to it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, propelled the story yeah. along. But it was, but it's still, it's it's the same shtick. Yeah, like if this movie had been say an hour thirty instead of an hour fifty, mm-hmm. I don't know if they could have actually condensed it, but maybe we wouldn't have gone to the end and gone, ah, they're doing that again. Right. Well, I don't know how many door scenes. Three would have been enough. Yeah, they did about ten beats of that three beat joke. <laughs> That's true. And then the nephew got out the door one time. Yeah. Without any trouble. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. As far as George Burns goes, how much do we think his winning the Best Supporting Actor award was we like the things we remember over his actual performance? Because his performance was good. Right. But I wonder how much... How much it was better than other people? Or well, was who it... was he up against? Well, Brad Dourif in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. See, and that's... Uh, guy, there's Day of the Locust, Burgess Meredith, Dog Day Afternoon, Chris Sarandon, and Shampoo Jack Warden. Like, 
Other than one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I think he might have been okay. Who was he in Shippoo? Jack Warden. Lester Karp. He's the old guy, the old rich dude. Well, he wasn't particularly old. Older than the other characters. Oh, he did yeah. better than that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Because we well, did watch think, Shampoo this week. I think he can't beat George Burns and Walter Matthau for t- comedy timing. No, they he did just, a real good job of that. He just can't beat it. And George Burns plays the best straight man in the world. Yeah. Because he I think he was playing himself. So, in yeah, that yeah. regard, yeah. I probably wouldn't have given it super well, high marks. Because, like, if you look at his, like, original stuff, it's all shorts. It's all, like... Short stuff. Vaudeville. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how he started. Yeah. And so that's what he knows, and that's why he was able to make it such a great role. Yeah. Because uh, he was playing himself. Yeah. And there is yeah, something to be said for playing your most natural character, which is usually yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can get awards for that because you're really good at doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just that very you don't get those roles that often and or the movie isn't written that way. I uh, will bring up Jeff Goldblum here for no reason. Because uh, mom loves well, him. The reason why the reason why I bring that up is, is because it's an example that everyone here knows what I'm talking about. Except for maybe Grandpa who doesn't know the fierce doesn't rival the fierce and bitter rivalry between my mom and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, but there is none. The reason why I bring that up is because He's often cast to be himself, but rarely is the part written for himself. The movie doesn't often does not re- not make use of the way that he likes to. He's naturally his character. Like for instance, uh, I feel like Independence Day is a good example where they were like, "Okay, just do Jeff Goldblum stuff," mm-hmm. and that wasn't really the movie for it. It really wasn't. Maybe Jurassic Park a bit, but Independence Day, I think it was. Now, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that was... That one, they yeah. made that movie knowing Jeff Goldblum was going to do Jeff Goldblum stuff. And it made and it worked. And he did a good performance because it was a movie made... Tailored with, for him. Tailored oh, yeah. for that character. Not just, hey, Jeff Goldblum. Haha, <laughs> people will like him. Well, funny that you bring up Jeff Goldblum and you start talking about his characters versus his who is his natural being the funny thing is i finally read the jurassic park book yeah and i read his character yeah i thought it was perfect casting based on how the book was written there we go all right so i think we're all kind of in agreement that george burns is good job do good give award yes well and and overdue for an accolade oh yeah so that helped the Academy vote for him, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So, first extra category for today. Best cinematography. How do we think the filming was in this one? There were a few scenes where I definitely noticed how they were filming, mm-hmm. but it was almost like they were doing it in an obvious way to add to the comedy. Like when uh, George Burns was supposed to be entering the apartment and coming closer to... Um, Walter Matthau's character who is sitting in a chair and they were like really slowly moving him. in on him with the camera like yeah. it was very obvious but there was only a few places like that yeah. where it was noticeable comedic yeah. yeah I don't know I thought the window scenes were, I mean you, you, I was anticipating and sometimes I was right and sometimes I was wrong about the slamming of the window oh yeah oh, yeah. oh sure uh, it was not nominated but like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest didn't win either hmm 
It was Barry Lyndon. Which for we, we watched half of that last yeah. night. How was the cinematography? Oh my goodness! You cannot <laughs> yeah. beat the Irish countryside and European yeah. countryside. I believe and... we've discussed that previously uh-huh. on this podcast. You can't beat you know those long, beautiful panning shots of real nature. You know that just trumps New York City. Yeah. All right. How do we feel about art direction? Oh my gosh, his apartment was so messy. It was. They did a really good job of making his apartment look like an absolute sty. Yeah. Like, he's been living alone his entire adult life, and no one has ever... He's never hired a cleaning lady. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there golly. were some interesting scenes. Um, one scene that struck me um, was they were in the hospital, I think. Yeah. He and the daughter mm-hmm. were sitting... In the hospital, mm-hmm. and there was the arch thing, the arch over sure. them, yeah. and the lighting was just right. It, it was a really interesting... I'm, I mean, there's yeah. stuff like that. I but. wonder if that was, like, an actual hospital, or if they created that just for that one scene. Probably it, was actual, but the but the perspective and how they placed the framing. it... framing. Yeah. And the framing was really well done, mm-hmm. I, I thought. Jeez, I don't know. I thought the apartment was great. Yeah. I thought oh, yeah. Oh, junkin oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, memorabilia from mm-hmm. yeah. uh, from his hundred years in per- perfect for the right. for the role. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. It's yeah. that oh. he kept every playbill. He kept photographs yeah. of himself. He kept photographs of his friends, and they yeah. and they were all hanging up. And he never threw anything yeah. out. And and the contrast between him and uh, between Clark and Lewis in that even in their clothing, the clothing choices. You know, one looked very crisp and. Um, you know, well appointed, and one looked uh, like like he didn't have a daughter taking care of him. He yeah. didn't have a daughter taking care and, of him, and his right. nephew got a heart attack every time we talked to him. Right, right, right. Just on Wednesdays. Just on Wednesdays, though. So come on Tuesday. Uh, it was nominated for art direction. It well, lost to Barry Lyndon. There again, <laughs> it lost to the beautiful Irish countryside and the castles and the yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is best director. How do we think our director did? Against One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Against One Flew Over yeah. the Cuckoo's uh, Nest? I mean, you are getting her, not uh, going to win that one. Not gonna, that was, no. I mean, I don't know how those old guys were in real life, if that was all acting or if they behaved like that on set. But if he had to direct both of those guys and they were acting like that on set, I think he deserves that award. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Director's name is Herbert Ross. I mean, he's directed a lot, but he's not necessarily... Like, a big thing. He's actually a choreographer, normally. Which would make sense for vaudeville. Because yeah. then, because because the whole movie did feel like one big vaudeville show. It did. From beginning to end. And there were some, you know, the recurring sketches that they kept coming back to. Yeah. You know, little vignettes, little things, little ha-ha. Oh, look, what funny thing did they do? Oh, they just did that funny. His mm-hmm. film directorial debut was the musical Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And his next one was The Owl and the Pussycat. Went to sea. But before this, he choreographed, uh, he was musical director for The Gay Life, and I Can Get It For You Wholesome. He uh, directed uh, Bondage Gladiator Sexy. What? Okay, Okay, stop. (laughs) This is a family show. No, it's not. But we didn't warn the children ahead of time. No, I can, no, I can put push a little checkbox on the podcast that says this contains explicit content, and then the kids can't listen to it. <laughs> I but yeah, I mean, but I think it did have a, a feel of more of a variety show. 
and and perhaps a choreographer director person had a, a good hand in yeah that. someone with an eye for where people need to timing. be timing yeah. very good yeah. now of course it lost to one flew over the cuckoo's nest mm-hmm. it wasn't even nominated yeah, between uh, Barry Lyndon and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it was almost a sweep. For yeah. I didn't realize Barry Lyndon was Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not on the moon. <laughs> right. Fooled you. So, that's this one. Don't worry, kids. Next week we rolled a movie that won more than one Academy Award. Yeah, we did. But we won't tell you what it is until next week. Oh, they can because guess. Because we want you to come they back. Can, I mean, there's, a, there's only so many movies. They, this is chronological. Yeah, and, and we've <laughs> talked a lot about all the President's Men, so you never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. So, any other passing notes before we get to the end? No? All right. Oh, then it's my turn. Yeah. Oh, we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Enter! So, oh, I should have so, said that! Uh, <laughs>